Hello and welcome to Campus Insights, brought to you by the Centre for Academic Development at Federation University. In this podcast, we'll bring you conversations that matter in learning and teaching, as we explore the issues that shape higher education today. In this first season of Campus Insights, we're diving straight into a core topic, assessment. We've gathered colleagues from various disciplines, each with their unique perspectives and strategies to share with you. So together we can examine the challenges, successes, and ongoing debates around assessment in higher education. So let's get started with our first episode about assessment transformation. Welcome. My name's Emma Gould, and I'm a learning designer with the Centre for Academic Development, and I'll be your host for this week's podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Associate Professor Loretta Garvey from the Office of the Deputy Vice-Chancellor. Loretta is the Project Lead Assessment Transformation. Thanks so much for joining us, Loretta. Thanks for having me, Emma. Before we get started, Loretta, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your background? Yeah, sure thing. Um, I've been in academia for, I think, a little around 15 years. So this is the third uni that I've been fortunate enough to work in. So my background previously has been in both nursing and medicine. I've also had been really fortunate to be able to go and do some specific professional development at Harvard Uni around education, specifically in assessment. That's obviously where I've ended up in this role and I've got quite a passion for assessment. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your role here at the university and what the specific aims of the Assessment Transformation Project are? Yeah, well, I think it's a a bit of an evolving position, really. I think it's brand new at the university, but I think overall it's really about enhancing assessment across the whole of the university, kind of encouraging that innovation around assessment, particularly authentic assessment, as we're moving um, in the co-op space and focusing on that. So it's kind of got multiple layers, like we have, I'm working at the university level, kind of in a strategic space, and then also at the institute level with specific programs and having a look at the, I should say courses, not programs, um, having a look at the whole course level and seeing where we can enhance and improve their assessments across the board. And I think the other side that's really important that goes alongside it is the incorporation of research into that space so that we're doing good things, evaluating them, and then being able to share what we're doing. So I guess I kind of think of my role as about um, I have the opportunity to get excited about assessment and get everyone else excited. Like I'm a, a little bit of the assessment cheerleader in that space is a, is a nice way to sum it up. And a big project by the sounds of it, I would say. How have you actually been working specifically with academics to operationalise this project and how's it been received by them? Yeah, um, in different ways. I guess I've been uh, working with kind of specific courses. So looking at areas, being able to have that big picture view. So getting all the staff together, seeing where the challenges are in their role, looking at how they'd like to revamp their assessments across the board, really that big picture kind of programmatic style of assessment, mainly there in courses that tend to have less electives and a bit of a a clearer course structure. And when I'm working with those groups, I'm doing PD with them, rewriting of assessment, trialling new innovations, I think is a really fun part with that because I think that's a scary part for people and having someone that's kind of coming alongside and I've done a lot of innovation, I've failed a lot at them and helping people with their confidence in that space um, is is really helpful and hopefully being able to focus on the positives. So kind of been doing things at specific whole of course level and then also more piecemeal aspects of that in terms of 
if uh, there's a particular course that wants to work on one thing, I'll, I'll go and work with them on that. And I think it's that space where, you know, as academics, we don't always have that luxury of looking at the big picture and having time and space to be able to do that. And I think whether it's the fact post-COVID having that fatigue in that space or just having really heavy workloads is that people get a little bit siloed in the space that they're working. And I think I feel my role is that opportunity to be able to come in and draw yourself back up to the balcony, really, and discuss and work with them about what they're looking to achieve and how I can kind of support and enhance that. It's interesting, Loretta, that you mentioned about succeeding and also failing. I do think that sometimes staff are very afraid to try innovative new things because of the chance of failing. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about some of your experiences around that? Yeah, most definitely. I think you've got to kind of get comfortable with failure. I think the idea of failing quickly and moving on is super important, but also feeling safe to fail as well. So because I think if we don't, then we'll never try something new. And I think it's being able to have support from your your leadership space to be able to trial new things. I mean, within reason and feasibility and all of those aspects, of course. But, you know, I think when we particularly talking about authentic assessments, unless you try something a little bit wild or different, I don't think we ever get to that space. So I think being, I guess it's probably the word comfortable to fail. And also us having a culture at Federation where failure is okay. I mean, if you look at lots of big tech brands and things like that, they have lots of failures before successes, you know, and you have to be able to have that space. So I think as a group, being comfortable and okay with failure to get to those successes is super important. And yes, I've had plenty of uh, experiences with failure um, that I you know, um, the wet dog there, I can talk about those things as well as the the things that have worked and shaking my, my wet dog on everyone. But yeah, I think it, it is a conversation you've got to have. And, you know, I think it's one of those things in the research space too, that you only ever see uh, what's worked when people publish and you don't ever get to really see what hasn't worked. And sometimes I love reading in papers about things that went wrong because I actually think we learn more from that. You know, you learn from when you you got a pass, not a high distinction. High distinction, you just rack up. So it's kind of similar in that way with innovation. That's such a great analogy with publications and also mm. with students learning from failure. I think mm. that's a really important point. Have you had any resistance from staff in implementing the project? I've been fortunate enough not to. Um, I think that's a really, I feel really lucky. You know, I love my job and I, I go in always with a pretty glass half full enthusiastic approach and I don't know whether that's helped or I think just the general culture of people that I've been working with, everyone is really excited and there's a lot of energy around change. So, you know, in some spaces where people thought, oh, you might have a bit of trouble with that area or that area, I just end up going in and having really great conversations with people. And I think there's a real appetite for change and wanting to do things better. And I think that's why I'm not getting resistance. And I think because a lot of people maybe have had these ideas, haven't quite had the space, maybe the energy, like I said, post-COVID or, you know, not quite sure how to tackle that, having somebody else to bounce ideas off or really put things together in that space or get a plan together to implement, I think that's been quite welcomed. So fortunately, no, again, maybe it's the wet dog, (laughs) the enthusiasm. But, you know, most people become educators because they've got a passion for educating. And I think bringing that along and having those conversations is is really fun. So uh, the answer, the, the easy answer is no so far. 
That's really great to hear. So positive. What do you think is the most challenging thing facing assessment practices in higher education at the moment? That's got to be AI, artificial intelligence, right? I think that that's on everyone's lips. You go to every PD session and any conversation about what people want to do and AI just keeps coming up. I think it's, we can't avoid it. It's not only in the education space, it's everywhere. And I think the idea of my approach to it really is around that idea of integration and embracing it um, both in the classroom and with assessment really. Because I think that unless we do that, we're not really preparing our graduates for the future workforce where it's going to be there. So, I mean, there's, there's so many layers with it. And I mean, we don't know how big it's going to become and what it's going to be, but I think the evolution of it, we have to work with that. So I think it's also, it's probably the biggest challenge of being fear because it's super unknown, but also it's one of the biggest opportunities as well. I mean, you just think about the space. I mean, we talk about how we use it in our space. Oh, did you pop that in chat GPT or did you ask them or you can, they can refine that sentence for us. And that's at a really low level. So I'll imagine the things that we can do with it in the future to really make education exciting for our students. I think that's probably is the the biggest challenge potentially facing our sector. It's such a rapidly evolving space. We hear a lot of talk at the moment around that, about whether or not universities will go back to having more invigilated exams. What's your opinion on that, Loretta? <laughs> it's, a, it's a controversial topic, Emma. I like the question. And, you know, I may put people off with my answer to this because I know a lot of people are very keen on the invigilated exams, but... I would in general say no. Of course, there's always exceptions to that rule, but I think the thing for us is really focusing on how our assessments, if we talk back to authentic assessments and preparing our graduates for the workforce, how does an invigilated exam um, support that? So for me, like what scenario in the workplace are students going to find themselves where they're never going to be able to look something up or research something or have a brainstorm with someone? And obviously my background being in health, um, it's a pretty easy one, but I always think of the example of you don't go to a medication cupboard for a patient and pick through four medications and hope for the best and give that to them. You know, you want your nurse, your doctor, your et cetera, to really know which one they're giving to that patient. And if they don't, to have a conversation with someone or to look that up. And for me, that's a, a key thing with an assessment item you want it to be mimicking that real world so that what they're learning in our space is really setting them up for success in their future profession. And that probably for me is where the invigilated exams had less of a place. Probably some, but on the whole, I would say no. And it's more of a, probably more of a fear response, I think, to not being able to know how to control and navigate artificial intelligence and the cheating and all of those things. Yeah, I'm also a huge fan of authentic assessment rather than invigilated examinations. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you see the connection between assessment and Federation University's cooperative model? Absolutely. I mean, I think assessment, you know, they say that old rhetoric, assessment drives learning, right? So co-op is the space that we're moving to as an innovation at Federation. And so assessment has to come alongside that. So obviously a big part of the minimum criteria is around authentic assessment and the idea behind co-op is really having our graduates better prepared for the workforce. So linking in how the assessments do that. I mean, I love the space where we're bringing industry into that conversation, again, getting them better prepared in terms of the assessment design, the involvement in the assessments, the students engaged in that space, because 
no longer are the days that, you know, we're in our ivory tower and we know all the things that students need as they leave university. I think we have to bridge that gap between the two worlds. And so I believe that assessment has the opportunity to assist with that. And also designing fun and engaging assessment that really will line them up. You know, I get, as I say, I get pretty excited about assessment, but I think there's lots of opportunities. And I know that from my experience as an academic that often marking assignments and assessments is the biggest bugbear and you're like, oh, I've got 100 papers, I've got this. But this is really the opportunity to make assessment so engaging that doing the marking is fun and, and seeing how the students are learning and evolving, you know, it really tickles your fancy and it floats your boat while you're coming home from work and that's, oh, I guess, what I did. And, you know, I've been around and seen showcases at all the different parts of the institutes and people are coming up with such great ideas and you can see they're having fun doing it. And why can't our job be fun? That's what it's meant to be. And I think that enthusiasm really rubs off on the students as well. So it's not this thing that I've got to tick off and get through. It's something I can see the link to the learning. I can see the link to my future profession through the whole co-op process. And it's just like a, a natural environment of learning and engagement. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in this space. It's just how we kind of go about it and I think making sure that we do it in chunks that are kind of digestible and manageable. You know, we're not making the the perfect program straight up, but um, chunking that down so that we can all kind of tolerate that change. So interesting. Are there any particular innovative ideas around assessment that you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many where there's been lots of showcases that are happening at the university. I think a lot of the spaces where I'm seeing uh, really fun things are around the use of oral assessments. So supplementing either with written work or the conversation style assessments, which I think really mimic workplaces in a lot of ways. So I think some people in the literature, I think it's called collaborative conversations or engaging conversations. There's lots of work being done in that space. But the idea of adding in kind of a Viva style to the assessment, either as an adjunct to a written piece that you know, even if someone's done it through ChatGPT, in order to answer those questions, they have to learn, right? So even if they're learning from ChatGPT or other AI technologies, then they have that conversation. The learning has still occurred. Other ones that I've seen are where they're bringing students in and doing the problem solving, working on a problem alongside the educator. There's some really wonderful stuff happening in the science space. In the health space, they're looking at doing collaborative exams. So I mean, we, we say we don't need invigilated exams, but this is a different space where they're doing group work, again, lining up with what, what you're doing in the workplace and just really thinking outside the box and trying new things. There's lots of fun ideas coming out. And I think our answer to innovation always should be yes as the first response, maybe with some caveats around it and then and tailoring it down to something that's always feasible because that's a big part of it. But I think when people are like, I want to try this, what do you think? My answer is yeah, yeah, absolutely because I think innovation feeds innovation. People see it and then they start evaluating, they research on it, they get out into the broader space and people are like, well, that's really exciting. How do you, how did you do that? And then you just keep building from there. That's wonderful. Sounds really contagious, all this excitement yeah, about it. That's a nice way to describe it. I hope so. <laughs> well, Loretta, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing assessment with you today. And thank mm -hmm. you so much for your time, sharing your thoughts and your passion for good quality, authentic assessment. Thank you. Before we finish, I might just also ask you, interestingly, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? 
I think probably two parts there are a little bit linked is around probably not making assumptions. So both with staff and students, I remember I learned this the a very hard way. I was implementing a flipped classroom with this big group of students across multiple campuses and I had it all set up. I was going in there, it was recorded elements, it was active learning, I'd be doing all of these, you know, exciting, innovative things. And I got into the space one time with the students and they were like, Emma, why are we doing this? And I was like, oh, gosh, like I've forgotten a key part that I assumed that because I had it all in my head and in my mind and I was really clear with the team what we were doing, but I forgot to explain it to the students. And so that assumption there was a, a huge lesson to be learned. And then when I told them, they were like, oh, oh, that makes heaps of sense. And then, you know, they were better prepared for when they went out into the clinical environment and really excited. So but the first couple of weeks for me doing that, I'm like, why is this such a tough slog? Like, I know this is good, but, you know, I, I made those assumptions that they'd um, invisibly made those connections that I had in my head. And I think in the same way with staff as well, is that not to make assumptions and to be curious. So, you know, if you go into a space and someone's maybe not got the world's best assessment, not assuming it's because they don't know why. So asking those questions about, oh, tell me why you're doing those things. And understanding the restrictions in a space or the the background of why that's happened or, you know, the curiosity around understanding that space and then moving forward to be able to unpick and find out how we can adjust and change and improve. So probably not making assumptions and remaining curious are the two lessons that I've learned, I think. Valuable advice. Thanks for sharing that with us, Lupita. No problems. And you've reached the end of this episode of Campus Insights. Big thanks to Loretta and Emma for their time, and thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Boon Wurrung, and Gunai Kurnai peoples. Make sure to catch our next episode, where we'll explore some innovative assessment here at Federation University. See you then. Music